Exegesis. Welcome to Countdown to Exegesis, where we steal ourselves to get deep, Dan, and dirty <laughs> with the Steely Dan back catalogue. How did you like the intro, Andrew? I thought it was Dantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your host, Ollie Piper, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Andrew Souter. I guess you could call him a, a co-host or a dual hostafarian. <laughs> I think you should call me a co-host at this point. We're on episode okay. seven, and nobody else has expressed an interest in doing this with you. I am no. your I'm the only person you know who would ever commit to this project. <laughs> what, what what are you drinking this week, Andrew? So this week, uh, I'm drinking a lovely chill Doom Bar, um, <laughs> which I think I had last episode as well. But this episode, I come prepared with a fact. Mm. Okay, which... Uh, That's what this is all about. It's all about raising the profile of Doom Bar. Yeah. So the interesting fact is that Doom Bar from Cask has an ABV, alcohol by volume, of 4%, whereas in the bottle, it's 4.3%. So if you want to get smashed, go for the bottle. Okay? Do we know why? I didn't get that far. Mm. All I know is different ABV for cask and bottle, and also there's an alcohol-free version, but what's the point of that? No, that's a lovely fact. I, 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 we're not going to spin off into any interesting conversation from that. We but can, I will. We can do. Uh, well, I can't. I mean, you've drank Doom Bar sixty percent <laughs> of the episode so far. Yeah, is that sixty percent cask or bottle? Ooh. What are you drinking? <laughs> well, a little bit of backstage gossip. Mm-hmm. At least on at least two occasions now, Andrew has posited that we do this podcast on a Saturday. Yeah, and I've can and I've cancelled mm-hmm. the Saturday recording because, as you know, Andrew, on Fridays I do my British drinking. Yeah, which means that at the age of thirty-five, <laughs> on Saturdays I I am Saturdays are base Saturdays basically don't exist. They're they're a kind of nebulous mental stasis. Yeah, for me, um, I feel like so I promise a- to do things on Saturdays and then yeah, it never happens. Yeah, so Friday and Saturday. I feel like you morph into Broken Britain. Your life becomes a Channel 4 documentary about uh, Broken Britain. Yeah, more more or less. But I mean, in the confines of a flat in South Birmingham. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're not spilling out onto Mosley High Street, hmm. um, roaring and vomiting. Uh, but you do paint a bleak picture of those evenings. I mean, they're actually lovely evenings, but you know, it is. It, I do take on Fridays the traditional British approach to yeah. to drinking, which is, well, at the moment, to share a box of wine with my partner mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and listen to records. I mean, that does sound and, lovely. Yeah. Mm, so, but but it does it. It would take far less than that than that to cripple me the next day nowadays. So. What I'm leading on to anyway is I, I thought I would take the European approach because mm-hmm. European is a different thing now. Yeah. Officially. Officially, yeah. And we're over there. Yeah. Um, is I w- I'm drinking a a, a a Dunkel. Oh, I've had Dunkel. a Dunkel, yeah. Bob's your Dunkel. Mm. Yeah, good, um, good, good joke. 
Thanks. Sorry, that it's, was very, uh, very passive aggressive of me. It's if you don't know what a dunkel is, it's a dark German beer that is not at all bitter, very smooth and malty. So when you sorry, when you say you're taking a European approach, you mean you're drinking a dark I mean, I'm beer not rather than six. a box of wine? <laughs> oh right, okay, right, right, right. Sorry, yeah, I should have explained that. I'm 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 drinking it ostensibly for the taste. Is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yeah. I'm taking it easy. Whereas you, by the sound of it, did mm. ad hoc British drinking last night. Yeah, I did uh, on a Monday night. And it was really foolish because I felt dreadful this morning. Uh, and I think actually it will colour my appearance on this evening's podcast. Because I've spent the whole day just sort of wrapped in a grey shroud of world weariness. So when I was listening to the song on the bus... And thinking about it, I just felt a sort of, yeah, kind of a sort of Sunday morning malaise, but on a Tuesday morning. So, yeah, so you've heard you've heard the song today for the first time then. No, I did listen yesterday for the first time, but I I sort of dug into it today Yeah, uh, and did end up just feel. Yeah, just feeling kind of, um, uh, well, depressed, essentially. So on that note, do you want to hear some song facts? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Go well, for it. You might be pleased to know there's not that many. Mm-hmm. It was the B-side to do it again. Well, sorry, what are we talking about? Have we have we mentioned that? Fire in the Hole, mm. track seven. We are sniffing around the fringes of side two of Can't Buy a Thrill. Yeah. And also, and also, what we do is we listen song by song, song every episode. Yada yada yada. I like Steely Dan. Andrew's unsure. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay. We're both in Fire in the hole. We live in Birmingham. We have both got beards normally, but I've shaved mine off. Un- unbearable sort of leftists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just very self righteous. Yeah, very self righteous. Um, very very attractive. <laughs> yeah. Two absolute <laughs> sex pots. I mean, if you're into your sort of uh, David Mitchell via yeah. 1970s progressive rock. You know what, Ollie? I think that if you cleft David Mitchell in twain into body and soul, I reckon you are his body and I'm his soul. I think we are the the Jekyll and Hyde that together make David Mitchell. That's a That's a point, yeah. I don't think, although I, I don't, I'm not sure I've checked for every song, but I, I don't know that we've come across a song yet which has been uh, a hip-hop sample. Fire in the Hole has been that, according to whosample.com, at least four times. Really? Which bits? Um, well, various bits, but uh, but uh, chiefly the intro or the the bit in the middle, which is slightly different to the intro when the piano comes back in, basically yeah. on its own. Um, so yeah, it's right for sampling, I guess. It's just it's mostly just a piano and a beat, isn't it? So, so yeah. they um, so they chop it up. Notable ones is a, a track called "Made Man" by O. O. I have never heard of, but it's a fucking stunning piece of nineteen ninety eight hip hop. Um, are you saying that in a dry, detached way, or are you saying that in a, in a sincere way? No, I was really impressed with it. I thought it was I thought it was most excellent. Okay, I'm going to Google it now, so it's ready for 
later. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds of its time, but if you have any appreciation for that time of, then uh, then it's it's very good. Mm. Also, a uh, also sampled in a song called Foo's Boy by Scarrow, which is Austrian hip hop. So I hadn't heard that before. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned <laughs> last episode, I believe. Uh, about how the Super Furry Animals sampled Steely Dan. They sampled Showbiz Kids. And I erred. I made a mistake. I said that um, uh, Fagan sued, but he didn't. He just demanded 95% of all the royalties for the song. And who wouldn't? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's just shrewd business sense. But um, yeah. <laughs> did any of these hip-hop uh, artists, did they incur the... The wrath of Fagan. I, I would guess that none of them came onto his radar, because I've certainly mm. never heard of any of them. Um, yeah, it's it's it seems to be mostly UTR under the radar stuff, really. Mm. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, he has been like Dan have been sampled in quite a few hip hop tunes, and we'll see more of it as we go on. But uh, I don't know. Maybe Fagan just has something against the Welsh. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Zero evidence. Uh, yeah, zero. Yeah, absolutely nothing. I can I can tell you something else. I can tell you that this song, "Fire in the Hole," shares a title with songs by Five Finger Death Punch. I think you might I've, have heard. Of. I think I have heard of them. Yeah, are they a metal band? They're a metal band. They recently released a um, like an anti-lockdown, um, oh, anti-mask song. Good lads. Video. Good lads. Yep. And also a song by Van Halen. Um, it's on a movie soundtrack, like Apocalypse or one of those, like something's hitting the earth or the earth exploding from within or whatever, but those kind of movies. Yeah. Um, like the Five Finger Death Punch song is pretty shit, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. The Van Halen thing is even worse. Like, <laughs> like, like it, the Van Halen song, Fire in a Hole, is literally one of the worst things I've ever heard. And I, I, I'm almost kind of, as we did... Was it last episode where I made where I made you listen to the whole of the Osmonds cover? Of <laughs> yeah, are you going to make me really listen to the, the whole of? I may, my I may stop and make you listen to all of Fire in the Hole by Van Halen. By Van Halen, I would love that. It's it is utterly like I tell just I, I'm not I'm not even going to say anything. I just want you to listen to it mm-hmm. and tell me and come away and tell me, just tell me what what you come away with. Brilliant. No, I'm I'm so on board with this. Time out. I got to the end of the first chorus. You can't handle any more. I can't handle any more. Well, it, nothing much changes. <laughs> well, I imagine there's a, a, you know, a solo so fast that your skin melts off or whatever <laughs> yeah, coming pretty, up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much exactly. That. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just makes me think of Guns N' Roses. I, I don't know what it is, Andrew. I don't know if it's if it's the production or the songwriting, but. Like the vocals just seem totally detached from what's happening underneath it. It's 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 like yeah. it's like it's like Captain Beefheart Trout Mask replica, where we literally <laughs> recorded the vocals in a, in a separate room. Yeah, yeah. But like, but not not at all interesting. It yeah. just it 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 sounds like all this music's clattering on underneath these vocals that are just horrible and make no sense. <laughs> yeah, um, that that is a very good and left field analogy. I think that, I, I don't want to sound flippant. 
but to me that's like you know you know a couple of months ago when those trumpets stormed the capital yeah i can imagine them doing it to with this as the soundtrack yeah you know what i mean it's like locked yeah. and loaded let's roll kind of music i don't want to make light of of, of that event but well no and i don't want to uh I don't want to ri- I don't want to ride the um analogy pony that I just dreamed up either cuz I don't I, I don't I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to shit on people but you know yeah yeah I I agree yeah um, you know what I mean you know what I mean yeah 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 no totally it's 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 big guns blazing patriotic patriotic rock with absolutely no soul yeah 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 it's how I, I'll say it I imagine that these days it's what Jeff Skunk Baxter listens to Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And, and he, he, goes, he does power poses in the mirror, and says, "God bless America," <laughs> while tugging himself off. And he goes, mm, "Interesting <laughs> use of uh, I, that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a <laughs> MX fifty two compressor, which uh, I reverse engineered into the Lockheed five ninety two Z missile, yeah. which was used personally to kill." Saddam Hussein's right hand man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have nothing going. to add to that brilliant impression. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible music. Um, and it really did. It, I'm not saying that uh, musically it is exactly in the wheelhouse of Guns N' Roses, but it put me in that, that frame of mind. I mean, we should. Uh, I I don't think it's a universally held opinion that Guns N' Roses are are awful and bad. No, which is it's strange, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it doesn't feel right. It feels jarring. One day, these questions will be answered in a splendid exegesis. The vibe, Andrew. What's right. your vibe? Okay, so I, I am denied about this vibe. Basically, I came up with this sentence on the bus in my aforementioned grey malaise. Mm-hmm. And I thought, uh, that's a bit sneery. But then I thought, what is more apt to Steely Dan than a sneery precy of something? So I'm, I'm going with it, okay? I'm going with it. Vibe. Later with Jules Holland presents War and the Pity of War. I mean, that would be a great song title for The Fall. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? I can imagine I can imagine tuning into Later with Jules Holland in pre-pandemic times and Jules is there boogie-woogieing away on his little piano and somebody like Paloma Faith is going, you know... Worldly wise, I realize, you know. <laughs> you just got me thinking of like Jules Holland, like presenting a a, a somber World War Two <laughs> documentary or something. I'd love to see him get through a single paragraph about the First World War. Right, and then and then Hitler, he <laughs> oh, he's a chap. He came out and he's a he's got yeah. those, those doodle doodle bugs and whizzing whizzing, whizzing through the sky. Um, yeah, yeah, and then and then it. came the malevolent and the destructive Luftwaffe. <laughs> <laughs> <That was perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
oh, if you want to see something like truly gut wrenching, like mm-hmm. um, watch <laughs> Jules Holland, <laughs> yeah, a young Jules Holland interviewing John Lurie from the Lounge Lizards and of filmic fame, uh-huh. on a on a New York music show in the eighties, mm. and like. <sighs> John Lurie obviously just recognises in Jules Holland like a simperingly anxious English man mm-hmm. and just like and just exudes statuesque confidence at him with like monosyllabic answers mm. and, and 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 Jules just like squirms into like pure atomic Jules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he crushes, he crushes himself down into a dual singularity, yeah. Of 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 just pure like flappy, Jules Holland. It is it's the most horrible thing. I feel I I genuinely felt bad for Jules Holland watching yeah. that, and that is a hard thing to do to feel bad for Jules Holland. I don't know. I mean, it it seems clear to me that his life's been on the <laughs> going off the rails for a while. <laughs> just his just his manner of introducing bands. Just seems like the behaviour of an oddball to me. Well, you can always tell when he actually likes a band, can't you? Well, yeah, because they're fucking sixty years old. Well, yeah, and he, and, he, from... and he went to see them in you know when he was twenty. But if it's some you know if it's someone like fucking Kasabian, he'll yeah. be like he'll be like the 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 the, the magnificent the wonderful Kasabian, and, yeah. and then if it's but if it's if it's like you know some old fucking yeah, mummified jazz legend, he'll be yeah, like. Yeah. We're so so honoured to have you here, the 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 venerable Mister Jazzy McToots. You know. And please put your hands together for the magnificent Jimmy Cliff. Damn. Should we actually talk about this song? Yes. You've done you've covered Vibe quite quite spectacularly. Do you see where I'm coming from with my vibe summation? Yeah, I do. But I I like this song and I get the impression that you really don't like this song. I don't think this is the most remarkable song. But <laughs> well, um, in space and time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think it has merit. Yeah. Um but yeah no I I I I can I can go along with your vibe. I I don't dislike this song. There are things I like about it. Shall I list the things that I like about it? Oh, yeah, go on. Okay, there are shall two I, things that... Shall I tell of the ways? <laughs> <laughs> How do I love thee fire in the hole? <laughs> Here are some things I like about the song. One thing I like about this song, I would like in any song it appeared in, and that is on the second verse when your friend and mine and uh, vocal defender of, of America the Great, Jeff Skunk Baxter, appears playing some pedal steel. And it's, yep. this, it's this lovely sound where it's kind, it kind of sounds like a volume swell, like there's a volume pedal on it. So like the mm. chords are sort of like drifting in. And it's just a, a sound that I find especially pleasing. And he does it really well. Of course he does. Well, 
I don't like I don't like the rest of his I don't like the solo he does. I okay. think it's I think it sounds like Jeff Skunk Baxter doing a Jeff Skunk Baxter solo but on a pedal steel. Okay. You know, it's it sounds like it sounds very rockist. Um and the other thing I like about this song is the melody but in a quite a specific place. So on the last line of each verse it goes to a slightly melancholy chord. And from there it goes into the chorus. Uh, and it's all twists and turns, and it's Human kind of. Where it, it, it says, "A woman's voice reminds me." That no. particular bit. No, the bit I mean is where he sings, "Am I myself or just another freak?" Oh, and and it and it does almost a kind of Beatlesque sort of yeah. modulation into the chorus, which is which is unusual for 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 Mister Dan. It's it's very twisty. Mm. Uh, which I like because it's a song about conflict, you know, internal conflict, isn't it? It's about like mm. feeling out of place and tumultuous. And I just really like how that's sort of acted out in the melody. But I find the rest of it a little bit tedious. Uh, but I don't hate it. I just, uh, it, I, I think the thing is, the last two songs we've looked at were Only a Fool Would Say That and Reeling in the Ears. Mm. And they are like copper bottom slammers. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I can't say I can't muster that kind of feeling about fire in the hole. I just think it's kind of quite good, <clears throat> but not. It's not enough to turn me into a a, a dance stand. And I would I wouldn't expect it to. Like this is um, this is this is very kind of this is very side tube deep cut. I think. Yeah. I don't I don't think anyone's ever going to argue that this is like a top tiered Steely Dan song. Mm. In terms of music, what I think is sorry, interesting I really, thought, about... I really thought, sorry to interrupt, but I really thought you were going to say, I don't think anybody would argue this is a top tier Steely Dan song, but I just might. And then, <laughs> and then launch into like a really elaborate defense. Except me. Um, I think, I think in terms of music, what's interesting about this in, in the whole, in the whole world of Dan is that this is, it's, it is really a show off piece for mm. Donald Fagan in a way yeah. that like in a way that not a lot of other things are like like in terms of Steely Dan it it feels I don't know how stripped back it actually is in terms of how many layers of of shit they actually recorded but it feels mm. stripped back because the piano is so front and center yeah it's like it really feels like piano bass and skunk on skunk on pedal steel and really, and, really nice sounding drums. That's another thing I like about this song. Oh the yeah, drums yeah, sound yeah. great. Um, well, yeah, but that's maybe because like you, you, they haven't layered loads of stuff over it. Like, yeah, as as I've said before, what would become a hallmark of the Dan is like really, really tight sounding, good sounding drums in terms of production. Um, yeah, it's not really a thing on this album, but yeah, no, actually, I agree. Like the the, the drums do sound really good on this. Mm. Yeah, so the steel from Skunk, it's really playing a supporting role. Yeah. Um, and even in the solo, it's not, it's even kind of, it's brought up a bit in the mix, but like really front and center is that like, it's that kind of angular, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of like boogie woogie piano playing. Yeah. But filtered through Devo or something. <laughs> it's all it's all kind of spiky angles and I, like I think I think the piano playing is is really impressive 
on yeah. this on this track and not just in a technical way because despite being a massive Steely Dan fan and I don't think I've said this before like I'm not I don't I'm not actually particularly into technical playing for the sake of technical playing but like yeah. but I I think so I think it's I do I do think it's really well technically played but also he's doing quite interesting things on piano here like it's it sounds aggressive and it sounds angular um, yeah. particularly in the in the intro parts where he does those, that riff and then and then the kind of variation on that in the middle and the crazy solo but i mean it really is like this song is just all about fagan um yeah 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 that's true actually because uh your friend of mine jeff skunk baxter's solo it's no t.s Eliot on reeling in the years you know it's not pyrotechnic it's like quite it's a very tastefully composed and executed solo would you like a? Would you like me to quote from the uh, original issue liner notes about about Skunk Baxter's solo? Yeah, it says, and I quote: "Hear how Skunk displays mm-hmm. the cunning of the insane on steel guitar <laughs> in Fire in the Hole." Oh, <laughs> uh, that's nice. I think he. I think the cunning of the insane would be like the skunk family motto because I, I, I've yeah, been on the some... coat of arms in Latin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I, I just I... Google translate that? Um, you carry on. I'm just going to. Well, I've just been looking into the career of Jeff Skunk Baxter. I've, I've fallen yeah. down a bit of a rabbit hole, yeah. a bit of a, a skunky rabbit hole. <laughs> and uh, I thought maybe we could talk about it because it's probably more interesting than fire in the hole. Okay, go for it. Tell us what you've learned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically, as, as we've mentioned previously, in the 80s, he taught himself all about missile defence. <laughs> and then became oh, a... He's now an expert on missile defence and counterterrorism, And he has, like, security clearances. So he sits on various bodies and panels about missile defence. Right, I'm sure there's a joke in there about sitting in sitting on bodies and war crimes yeah. and things, but I won't yeah. make it. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be tasteless. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so just some here are some choice quotes from an article that I read on Business Insider. Skunk says, "The good news is that I live in America, and I'm something of a I guess the term is an autodidact. There's so much information available. The opportunity for self education in this country is enormous." Right, so he's basically saying, "Thank fuck, I'm from America, because I can teach myself about missiles, as though that would be impossible in like South Africa or Norway or somewhere." I, do you know what? As well, I love how he throws throws in. I guess the term would be autodidact. <laughs> yeah, as if yeah. he hadn't looked that up on Google like five <laughs> minutes before the interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's another great, uh, another great quote. So, he in 1994 he sat down and punched out a five-page paper on the Aegis ship-based anti-aircraft missile system, arguing that it could be converted to a missile defense system. Skunk says, "One day, I don't know what happened. I sat down at my Tandy 200 and wrote this paper about how to convert the Aegis weapon system. I have no idea. I just did it." So he's sort of painting himself as some blessed genius of missile defence, isn't he? That, like, 
he just sat down and it kind of it just poured out of him. He just this. riffed it out, yeah. Yeah. So he then um he then got in touch with a, a Californian Republican called Dana Rohrabacher, <laughs> who was very impressed by Skunk's research. And he, Rohrabacher, gave the, the paper that Skunk had written can I to... Just, can I just briefly interrupt to explain yeah. my sniggering, which is that very British names yeah. said in an American accent are always funny. And very American names said in a British <laughs> accent, are always funny. Right. That's why when you said, like, Antonio Rorschbacher... Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to put on an American accent when I say the, the names. That would be mental. No, I know. I just wanted to explain. I don't think his name is inherently funny. It's coming from it's coming from your vocal yeah. cords. But anyway, sorry, carry on. He was... He... he, he, he Riffed out this thing on his tandy. <laughs> yeah, sent it to in, Mr. In, a kind, in, in a kind of um, he just, uh, what's he the just words? Sort of, in a in a spare evening, he just tapped yeah. it out. Mm. He then Sit. gives it to to Dana Rohrabacher. Dana Rohrabacher is very impressed. He gives it to uh, Pennsylvania Rep. Kurt Weldon, who is a Republican, obviously, and a member of the House Armed Services Committee. Now, Kurt Weldon asks. Is this guy from Raytheon or Boeing? According to Baxter. So this is Baxter, this is Baxter telling the story. Underlined. Is this guy from Raytheon or Boeing? Rohrabacher replied, No, he's a guitar player for the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> so that, the whole article is just painting Skunk as this sort of blessed kind of inspirational figure who just has a kind of intuitive grasp of missile defence systems. Um, I mean, but he's he, right for making a thinly veiled, like, movie parody, isn't it? Yeah, please, can we? Yeah. I would I would love to both fund, write and direct a biopic of Jeff Skunk Baxter. <laughs> because we can include stuff like this, right? This is what he says. My big thing is to look at existing technologies and try to see other ways they can be used, which happens in music all the time and happens to be what terrorists are incredibly good at. <laughs> what, playing? Like playing pedal steel? On the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, so there's a dark side to all this, which is that Jeff Skunk oh. Baxter is a, is a mad patriot. Like he sounds, when he talks about... the When he talks about his reasoning for becoming a missile defence analyst, he sounds unhinged. So he says, I love my country. I've travelled around the world and seen what the alternatives are, most of which are not very pretty. When you see what the real world is like, you come back and get off the airplane and kiss the ground and want to preserve this country and what it stands for. Right. So he's all about good American concrete and kissing the, the earth. Because he saw some... He saw some men in Paris holding hands once. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. this is even less savoury as a quote, right? So I think I can safely assume, Ollie, that that you, like me, do not think there should have been a war in Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. 
No, I was just I was just adding some jeopardy. No, I I, I definitely didn't. Yeah, right. So they, I think we can we should can... be a war. Yeah, right. However, you can. Th- there are some arguments that could be made for it, which, although you disagree with them, are not completely lacking in respectability. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Compare Jeff Skunk Baxter. He says. <laughs> He says, I remember reading about how the Taliban was cutting the hands off musicians in Afghanistan. I took that a bit personally and thought, it's time to step up. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a kind of it's a kind of abstract nimbyism, isn't it? That, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Like like don't don't oh, oh you overstepped the lines now by Targeting yeah, my yeah. fellow musicians. Never mind the women and children and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, think of the think of the yacht rock guitarists. You know those talents blighted young. It's really dark. It's it's really dark. Anyway, so I've, I've mentioned a few times my grey malaise uh, that I've been experiencing today, and skunk made it greyer because I was just thinking like skunk is basically everything that's wrong with the world. And our our current predicament, right? I mean, because... that is that is, that got very that got very strong very fast. If you want to avoid lawsuits, <sighs> well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to slander Skunk, but I'll say this that like you just say he, was, he did just say he was everything wrong with the world. No, 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 no. So not him individually, but he is a totem for <laughs> our times. <laughs> In that, like, if you think about like, why are we so fucked? one account of that would be like on the one hand we're supposed to trust like technocrats you know we're supposed to put our faith in the stock exchange and banks and finance and the flow of capital blah 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 right and he's like that because he's like he's clearly clever he knows all about missiles he's self-taught like he's got a brain yeah and we're supposed to think great the world can be run by these people Mm -hmm. and on the other hand we're being told to put our faith in like this sort of horrible, shriveled, like, nationalism, where it's all about borders and the nation-state and whatever, right? And we're being, we're, we're like, as members of the public, we're asked to put our faith in both these things. You know what I mean? And that's, like, the rock and the hard place that we're fucked between, right? And that's him! <laughs> he embodies all of those things at once. He, yeah, exactly, yeah. He's, like... He's basically like the Bank of England and Nigel Farage, but all but at the but at he's the a same fucking. Time. I hate I hated this guy. He's, it's it's all his fault. He's basically it, like why we left the EU and why the capital was stormed in January. Okay, so I would I would just point out that this wouldn't be a problem for you if. Jeff ba- Jeff Baxter, <laughs> while while being totemic of all these horrible things in your mind. Yeah. Didn't also play some sweet guitar. It's only because he has that part of him that plays some sweet guitar that this is even bothering you. There's plenty of people up it up high in governments here and there who embody all of those things, but don't play sweet guitar. I don't think it bothers me more. I think it just bothers me because oh, maybe it does. I don't know. I I just um... if this was if this was you know. Bill Hetzenberger from yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, from Pittsburgher. <laughs> yeah, it, w- it wouldn't. It wouldn't bother you, would it? Like, it would. It, I don't think it would have riled me up quite as much as it has done today. 
because because you love you you loved Skunky, and then you learnt the truth about Skunky. Yeah, which is that he is a skunk. He's emitting gas from his anal glands <laughs> all over America. But the the other thing that I was thinking was um, I'll just say to our listeners, if you are Jeff Skunk Baxter. Please email in at uh, countdown to exegesis at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. It'd be good to get the conversation going. Yeah. I would love to speak to Skunk personally and just say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why? I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that if there are missiles, there has to be missile defense. <laughs> like, that's. I, I get that, but it's just doing it from this perspective of like completely boneheaded nationalism. I'm just like, just practice your guitar and shut the fuck up and stop hawking yourself to like Reagan and all these awful people skunk we're not so different you and I skunk look into my eyes I'm the man that you once were only not as good at guitar As you, as I think listeners will be able to tell from the past 40 minutes or however long I've been going on about Skunk, he has taken over my mind today. Mm. Um, I just find him totemic um, of just I, everything I, everything that's wrong with this. I just worry that because yeah. you said to me an episode or two ago that that Steely Dan was starting to take over your mind, which I took as a positive sign, even though mm. it was causing you distress. I, I took it as a positive. <laughs> yeah. And and now and now Skunk, who is really a fringe member of Steely yeah. Dan, has he's displaced that now. Your your brain is on Skunk now, and <laughs> yeah, you've, it is, you've yeah. forgot you've forgotten all about the Infinite Fagans and the. And the skulking Becker at the high school dinner table, like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And and we've barely to be, talked to be about honest, Steely Dan. <laughs> to be to, to be honest, Ollie, I could keep talking about Skunk for another twenty minutes. Should we talk about the lyrics? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. What I'm interested to know mm-hmm. is, without researching this song, and mm. you may have researched this song, but did you? pick up on the fact that it was about Vietnam and the draft uh, I'm I so <laughs> sorry I, the way I responded to that was like I'm in court and I've just been asked a really difficult question <laughs> the, the reason that was my tone is because I knew it was about Vietnam before I heard it because of Wikipedia because of the yeah because because, the, because uh, this is literally on the can't buy a thrill Wikipedia page okay yeah. no fine yeah. I just I just wonder because to me this is like I'm not sure that I would have grasped that, like as a, as an obvious thing, not being like not being American and not being like engulfed in American history mm. day by day. I'm not sure that I would have instantly picked up on the uh, on the idea on the Vietnam reference and the idea of avoiding the draft. Yeah, but I think once you get that, I think once it's like, oh, okay, this is a song about like faking a cough and and getting away. With not going to war, yeah, um, it's actually one of the most straight-ahead Steely Dan lyrics. That's interesting, isn't it? It's like once once you've got the key to the song, it's mm-hmm. really straightforward. It, it's really like a kind of like I mean, assuming this that's actually what they were getting at, like which you know, with the fire in the hole reference, I think it's pretty 
likely. It's kind yeah. of like it is actually just a kind of heartfelt song which uses metaphor but not in the way that Steely Dan will often use metaphor, which is to kind of or, or you know, uh, to, to sort of throw you off a little bit, or to, or they'll bring in a character that that they've just invented, who does something weird at the bottom of the stairs, and then yeah. you know, this is just kind of like this just sounds like from the heart, Donald Fagan talking about his experiences, yeah, avoiding yeah. the draft and feeling like a bit of a wimp. Yeah, well, th- that was the thing that surprised me. I mean, obviously, I've I've now heard seven Steely Dan songs. <laughs> all the way through so i can't generalize but like of that crop of seven songs like this is the only one that seems in any way sort of self-reflective mm-hmm. like it, he's asking questions like am i myself or just another freak um we, you know it's kind of inward looking and and he's expressing wishes like uh i wish someone would open up the door you know it kind of has like a not confessional quality, but like a introspective quality to it, which I think is lacking from the the other six songs that I've heard. Yeah, I mean they're they're not one to they're not one to imply this is a song about me and my experiences, mm. and also I'm and also I'm a coward and I just want to run, run away from all of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it, it, it. It's kind of unusual in that regard, but. Um, I, I maybe would have read this completely differently if I didn't know it was if I didn't already know as you did that this was a that this was about Vietnam. So what? So if it's not about Vietnam, yeah. What what, were, what did you think it was about? Well, I, I like you read <laughs> the bit on Wikipedia before I heard, before I decided to dive into the lyrics. Obviously, I heard this song beforehand, but I'd never really given much heed to the lyrics. Mm, I guess it could just be about dropping out. So the first verse is... I decline to walk the line, they tell me that I'm lazy. Worldly-wise, I realise that everybody's crazy. I mean, that, once you know it's about Vietnam, is clearly about dodging the draft. But actually, it could just be about trying to pursue your own... plough your own furrow and not follow society's rules, right? And same with... A woman's voice reminds me to serve and not to speak. Am I myself or just another freak? It could just be, yeah, about not... Uh, being a conformist but then to serve it's pretty yeah but we all yeah but i mean we all serve the great god mammon don't we ollie (laughs) and then (laughs) there's fire in the hole which is what they used to shout when they threw grenades at places didn't they so god yeah well i'm just saying i'm not disagreeing that this has multiple um possible angles to approach it from Mm. but but they've laid some pretty big buoys as they say yeah well i mean one approach that i came across on reddit was so basically the 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 user on reddit the nightfly lester poses the question that you posed which is you know is it actually about vietnam okay Or, or would you have guessed that it was about vietnam if you hadn't read it on wikipedia okay and the nightfly lester says in my opinion, this is a song about a guy needing to fart really badly, but he can't because he is in public. Fire in the hole, pretty self-explanatory if you ask me. At the beginning, he's in line to go to the bathroom, but he's acting very strange because he can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> and an old woman nearby calls him out for it. 
The line, I wish someone would open up the door, means so that the smell can go away faster, slash he can enter the bathroom, and the yellow stripe is usually a feature (laughs) jeans have. Which I'm not sure that's true. I've never associated a yellow stripe with jeans. But yeah, I you know, I see what you're saying. Uh, and my favourite bit is the is the last sentence of this post, which is <laughs> plus Fagan also says <laughs> plus Fagan says it happened once before, meaning he already fought <laughs> in public before and doesn't want to do, doesn't want to do that again. Do you know what? Through all of that, I've just been focusing on the line. Should I hide or eat my pride or wait until it's good and ripe? His ham-fisted exegesis in last month's Vanity Fair made me cringe. Um, so, uh, out of interest, looking ahead to the rest of the you know the Dan discography are there any other Steely Dan songs that are sort of directly about a global issue or a political issue like this one is um cuz the cuz the, the the picture that you've painted is very much like kind of uh failed men in creased suits and women with lots of lipstick on and people drinking martinis yeah i think there's a hint of there's a hint of like the folk rock protest song on this album, which mm. doesn't come out very much from this point on. I think we've more or less heard them all now. Um, between uh, Only a Fool, Fire in the Hole yeah. and Kings. So I can't think of any off the top of my head. The nearest is something like Barrytown, which is another kind of like, which is... Which is a breezy Dylan-y kind of um, don't look down at those who are different to you sort of song. But um, mm-hmm. other than that, like yeah, no, they go they go full. They immerse themselves in the depravity of California from this point on. Right, right. That's interesting. So it's a bit of a outlier on an album of outliers. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, mm. There is one more thing I'd like to say, which may or may not be of interest, but I just wanted your thoughts on this. So, I've mentioned a few times the little um, the little notes that come next to a song that they yes. put next to a song on the original liner notes on on the original sleeve. Um, and last week, when we when we listened to Really and in the Years, I I went on at length about how the note was yeah. "How's my little girl." Yeah. What I'd forgotten is that they also label fire in the hole with the same note straight after how's my little girl mm-hmm. how do you interpret that okay so it could be a comment on dodging the draft as being perceived as effeminate by you know the army and society yep oh is that it yeah, no, that's kind of that's kind of my thought as well. But also, I yeah. think they probably thought it was funny to put the same. They were probably like, "What should we put on Reeling in years, Don?" Mm. Yeah, you know. And then and then they were like, it, "It matches the next one as well." Ruffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably. But doesn't so I, I, I don't want to rake over old scabs, so to speak, mm. because last last episode we d- we did disagree about the kind of 
significance of that tag, if you recall. I think it, it's kind of fuel to my argument that they ironically put the same thing on the next song. That suggests to me that they're not, these are not like exegetical appendices to the songs. They're just sort of throwaway gags. Yeah, but I can also imagine them saying something, dropping a little breadcrumb clue, and mm-hmm. then being like, "Oh, that also fits the next one. That's funny," and it happening in that in that order, as opposed to as opposed to this being evidence that all of them are just like are just like snarks. Mm. But you're you're sort of havering as we as we as we work through "Can't Buy a Thrill." You're sort of walking a tightrope of your own mind in that you're sort of insisting that they're that they know exactly what they're doing and and they're sort of brilliant wits but also <laughs> that they're kind of snark merchants who don't take anything seriously yeah i think which, I think which do you is... believe which do you believe most uh with, i think with the most certainty i think this is why okay so because what we have here is a is a bank of of dan songs that don't necessarily follow that mold of Dan, but I'm assuming that that the that the core of Dan Becker and Fagin still have those personalities. Yeah. Um, and and from later albums onwards, there's there's no longer that distinction. So, although they although at this point they're trying to write like soft rock songs that like have have some easily understandable. Or somewhat easily understandable, or, or 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 they have a point that affects something beyond themselves and yeah. the greasy guy down the street. Like they're still applying the same kind of standoffish sneer to their own stuff, and the idea of giving it any kind of yeah, you know. So I guess that's where I'm coming from. The the personality of of Becker and Fagan is being applied to these songs, whereas the songs are not quite reflecting the personality of Becker and Fagan at this point. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah, I I yeah, I just think <laughs> <laughs> perhaps your your fandom, your dandom, is is clouding your judgment a little bit in the same way that my suspicious mind is clouding mine. I would. I yeah. I'd take that. Yeah. I'll take it in both directions, please, Governor. So it's time for us to deliver our verdicts on Fire in the Hole, and we're going to be using our tried and tested rating system, which is to announce whether we think the song is a royal slam, meaning a good song, or a royal scam, meaning a bad song. Ollie, what are you saying? Slam or scam? Fire in the Hole is a soft slam. Mm-hmm. This is the second soft slam I've given um, for this for this record. Uh, I can't uh, put it simply. I can't, in good conscience, give a bad rating to Fire in the Hole because I think it is an. I think it is a solid tune. I think it's got some really interesting piano stuff going on it's got a kind of a boring chorus but um uh, i i recall this being like being a a mid-level favorite when i first listened to this album and i can't kind of i can't put it in the same box as midnight cruiser at this stage Mm -hmm. so that's me yeah how about you well as 
I predicted would happen, I feel I need to revise my former judgments because I said that Do It Again was a, a royal scam. But mm-hmm. by comparison with Midnight Cruiser, Do It Again is like an absolute platinum banger. <laughs> uh, and this one, I don't really know. It's 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 kind of a non-event in my life. Like I, it, it mainly led me down a Google trail of Jeff Skunk Baxter and his interest in missile technology. <laughs> that was, the, I mean, that was the main effect it had on my life. Uh, I quite like the pedal steel, but I like pedal steel in general. I was sort of intrigued by the fact it seemed a bit more personal and introspective than the other songs. That kind of caught my ear, but then the the lyrics aren't that sharp so that was a bit of a dead end so i don't know it's kind of like it's either a soft slam or a soft scam yeah i, think, I mean I, i'm not you know, far off that i i err yeah. on the side of soft slam but yeah it's it could be it could be either which i think is where i was with um kings as well this 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 to me is yeah. side two's kings it's kind of it's kind of it's decent but it's not yeah you know mm. It's not great. But I feel like, I don't know, I've just got this sad feeling that this is like the end of the summer holidays. You know, the last week of the summer holidays yeah. where school is looming yeah, and the, and the sun is fading fast. You know, as, as in, I still wouldn't say that I'm a Steely Dan fan, but I would happily say to somebody, Dirty Work, Only A Fool Would Say That, Rain In The Years are like absolute tunes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we may have peaked on this album. And that now there's just a sort of slight decline. I don't know because I haven't heard the last three songs, but I just have a I have a, a slight sinking feeling that the best is behind us for this album. I'm gonna I'm gonna remain silent mm-hmm. on that for now. Enigmatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Keep me interested. Yeah, because if I if I told the truth and said that yeah we have, then uh, you're not <laughs> you're not going to come back next week, are you? So no. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Exegesis, your listen-along Steely Dan podventure. If you'd like to follow us on the old sock meds, you can do so on Instagram and Facebook at Countdown to Exegesis, or on Twitter at ExegesisPod. And uh, just to be frank and candid, it's me, Andrew, who is uh, captaining the social media accounts. I'm the one churning out Steely Dan memes without fully understanding what the joke is. Great, and we should also mention that we have a old-fashioned email account at countdowntoexegesis at gmail.com in case anyone wants to get in touch with any longer-form queries or suggestions. And we can also be followed individually, myself via my band, The Nature Centre, which is The Nature Centre on everywhere except Instagram, which is The Nature Centre Band, and that's The Nature Centre spelt in the Commonwealth fashion. How about you, Andrew? You can follow me on one of two avenues. Uh, one is my band Obman's Box, which is spelled O-D-M-A-N-S-B-O-X. Or you can follow me in my solo guise as William William Rogers. Uh, that's Rogers with a D, so R-O-D-G-E-R-S. And that's on all the usual sock meds. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, uh, give us a review, thumbs up, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps. Cheers! Ollie, it's Andrew. 
Uh, oh, feeling actually feeling a bit rough this morning. I think I had a few too many of the old pale ales, but um, yeah, it was a fun pod. Um, I just just one thing uh, came to mind this morning was you know all that stuff about Jeff Skunk Baxter. I just feel like maybe I, I don't know, like pushed it a bit far as a joke. I think I called him a, a at one point, and it just went on a bit. So, you know, when you come to the edit, if you could please, 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 just snip all that out. And, uh, and just chuck it in the bin, just for me. That'd be that'd be great. Um, but other than that, yeah, I thought there was loads of good stuff. So I'll see you Tuesday for episode eight. Exciting stuff. All right, see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.